JQ has also fallen into a sinkhole, so uh, looks like I'm going to be here by myself today. Um, so we're going to be talking about uh, various movies that came out since the end of October. Uh, hit me with that music. Creation is beautiful. See what's happening this week with the pop culture. Welcome to Pop Culture Quintessentials with Cubed. I am Ruben Kiros. I am one half of Squared today. Oh, and Jonathan got out of the sinkhole. Uh, Jonathan, you're back from the sinkhole. <laughs> He's stuck in there pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. He's in there. Ex- extra he week. In- He's still in there. Dude, like he is like... <laughs> I, I gave him, I gave, I, I could only afford Arby's, so that's what he's eating now, but, uh, you know, like. They do have the meats. They do have the meats, but he, he's, he's in there. He's in there. Arby's, don't sponsor us. Your food is actually shit. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be associated with your company. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful introduction. He's Jonathan Kuros is the other half of Square today. JQ, excuse me. JQ, Jonathan Kuros. Name, no, <laughs> All right. So uh, last time we did a news catch up and now we are going to do a movie catch up. Now, to be clear, not all, all the movies that we're going to talk about, we have seen both seen. Um, so for those, I guess we will just uh, go back and forth asking each other questions yeah um where should we start you know what let's since we never actually reviewed it on the pod and i feel like it deserves a little bit of airtime let us talk about the creator because we briefly mentioned it let us talk yeah yeah we said we would talk about it i mean we talked about it plenty that one episode like i mean but like is there anything else you want to say about it i mean i pretty much covered what i wanted to say about the creator that episode like without that was basically like, I think the perfect spoiler-free review. I almost don't want to say more. Like, it's just, you know? It's okay. Very well, well done. I was really well done. Go back and listen to that uh, episode where we mentioned it briefly. Yeah, but I think... you homework. We're now the MCU. Go back and listen to episode... <laughs> episode 15, subsection 13. Uh... <laughs> Go listen to our last full episode. It's in there somewhere. But I will say... Um, Visual effects, outstanding. Um, I think it'll be a cult classic sci-fi movie, um, hopefully in the nearest future, and it would deserve it completely. Fortunately, it did not do well at the box office. Not a lot of stuff does well at the box office these days. Um, yeah. But so it's not a messaging thing, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, but um, the movie's and really well. That, last week, but for me, five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, but yeah, no the movies movie's really well done really good commentary on artificial intelligence i feel as well um john david washington 
completely always talented. A, yes, he's a, a knockout. Always a yeah. knockout. Yes, he's technically a Nepo baby, guys, but he's really talented. He deserves he, it. He's a good Nepo baby. <laughs> he's actually he's actually good. Like he's yeah. not, yeah. He's no Denzel, but he's really good. He's yeah. really good. He's not like Jack Quaid, who's just kind of, I'm sorry. No, Bro, Jack, Quaid, Jack sorry. Quaid's really good. What are you talking about? He just he, he just you know, he's just got a good dad. Okay, okay. you gotta watch, you gotta you gotta watch the boys. You gotta listen to him do voice acting on my adventures with Superman. He's okay. good. He's okay, a good actor. I'll give Jack Quaid a pass then. Who does he Jesus. play in that show? Which one? The boys? No, no. I know he plays Huey in that one. The Superman. He's one. Superman. Are you effing kidding me? This man got Superman as his second big role? Nepo baby. <laughs> Nepo baby. He's also the Peter at the start of uh, Across the Spider-Verse in Gwen's World. He voices that Oh, character. yeah. No, that I didn't know. <sighs> The uh, worst part of that movie, objectively, because the rest it ends. <laughs> it ends because I want to see how that movie ends. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm glad productions have started up again. Quite Thank honestly. God. Thank God. No, Thank God the strikes are over. But yeah, oh, watch- JQ, comment, comment on uh, the strikes ending. Uh, any comments on the strike? Oh, ending? We didn't talk about the after strike ending. We just talked. No, about we the didn't. No. I did mention I was, it in my solo episode, but I was gonna say, I, I look, guys. I've been talking about this strike for months at this point. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted about talking about this, man. I don't have anything else to say. Now, to be fair, the actors right now are voting as we are recording this on the contract. The voting results come out on Monday, December 5th. So just in case the contract is rejected, I want to cover my ass and say that uh, we do not know for sure if it has passed. I am assuming it's going to pass, but there has been some mixed reception to the AI component of the contract and there's been lots of debate online about that i'm not going to get into that here because it's it would be a long discussion (laughs) um but uh yeah that's you can find that stuff online um but uh yeah so if the contract's rejected and this is all mood and a moot point and they're back on strike by the time this comes out talk about this again i'm not talking about it i actually i've given up you'll just be silent you'll be just be silent if that happens we lost our 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 rat writer Martin to the to the writer strikes. But he's he back. Died. He's back. He's not back. We yeah, had, we cloned him. We had several offspring ready to go just in case. Oh, you know, sorry, all rats look the same to me. Huh? That, oh that's pre- that's, pre- that's that's preju- that's prejudice to me. They're right. Canceled. I am gonna get canceled. I'm gonna get canceled by by, by the rat population. You know what um, I forgot he got married in Mexico. Buried, not married. Buried <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> He's not the corpse bride. Yeah, that's why Jacob was gone. Uh, not the that last episode, but the episode before that. Because he was he was taking Martin to his resting place, and he opened the sinkhole when he did and that. He opened the sinkhole on his way back. <laughs> no, he opened the big sinkhole when he buried the rat and didn't notice, and the sinkhole caught up with him as he was driving no, that's away. Not... <laughs> <laughs> that's what that... Take me with him. Take me with him. <laughs> uh, Martin will not be forgotten. Martin Jesus will not Christ. be forgotten. Martin will not. Be... <laughs> You would not, goddamn rat. Anyway, you didn't leave that. You didn't leave that bit in. You didn't leave me repeating it in, did you? No, I left the rat bit in, though. Unfortunately, <laughs> I regret it, but I did. 
it was too stupid. But like, stupid doesn't make it offensive. So I'm yeah, like, that's why I was upset. You were like, Jonathan, this is dumb. I'm like, I can't. I'm like, when I make a good joke, but it's like a little on the edge, you're angry at me because it's on the edge. But when I make a stupid joke that's completely, completely harmless, you're also upset, bro. Bro, your issue? No, no, no. Your issue is it's funny. And then you let it drag on for the next minute. Like, like I, I got you get a little chuckle out of me on some of these, and then you just keep going because you just want the satisfaction of people continue to laugh. But people are not gonna continue to laugh. Ruben, okay, you kill Ruben, the jokes. Ruben, yeah. the Native Americans. Oh my god. hundred percent. <laughs> A hundred percent of the buffalo. All right. I am not wasting a, a, a an iota of my jokes. It's all getting used. Using 100% of the joke. I don't care if I have to use the testicles as, as jack balls, okay? That's not the best way I could have phrased that. Like, what you're telling me is if you ever wrote a script, it'd end up like Love and Thunder is what you're telling me. Because no, you couldn't, me. yeah, because you couldn't like cut off any of the jokes. The goats have to scream every single time. Thorin <laughs> <laughs> and Hammer have to have a romantic connection every time they're on screen. <laughs> just drag out the humor. Ta- what a genius Taika is. Am I right? Good yeah, actually, He actually is really in, talented. Yeah, but in one movie, he like, he like threw his entire reputation into question. Like, Speaking was- of Taika, I got to see Next Goal Wins recently from Taika Waititi. I watched it uh, at a Regal, not Regal, an AMC screening. I don't have a Regal here in uh, Nebraska. AMC is doing these uh, secret screenings now that Regal does, uh, Jonathan. Basically, where you walk in and you don't know the movie you're going to watch until the movie starts. And I saw... Yeah, you've, you've mentioned it. Yeah. I didn't mention it on here, though. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what you were doing. Oh, my God. Good job, JQ. Uh, <laughs> no, but I saw Next Goal Wins. And Next Goal Wins um, stars Michael Fassbender. And it is about a soccer coach who's washed up and he ends up coaching the American Samoa national team. Uh, who had just gone through an embarrassment against Australia and they lost by 20 plus goals to Australia. And basically this man has been pushed out of every single um, position, coaching position because of his anger issues. And he ends up in this one last place. And if it doesn't work here, his career is over basically. And the movie is basically about him trying to find himself again as he's coaching this team. I think mostly return to form the Taika personally i know critics didn't really like it uh our friend james who i watched it with is all right with it um but uh, i i thought it was pretty good um the humor was on point it wasn't overly done uh some of the emotional beats hit towards the end of the movie as well michael fassbender does a really good job of his performance um i think the issue is kind of it's a little underbaked if that makes any sense like some of the beats hit but i don't think they built everything up enough where it all feels real. It kind of feels movie-esque. It's one of those movies yeah. where it's like kind of forced. Like it doesn't feel like a natural narrative at some points. It just feels it's like one of those things where you're like watching a movie and you're like dragged out of it because you remember, oh, it's a movie. That's yeah. kind of what I felt with this movie a couple of times. And I don't like that feeling. I that's felt what that I felt. too because I, I didn't watch it. So it really felt like a, it really. The thing I like about this picture is that it felt like a movie. You know, it felt like a film, 
That was type of thing. You who are you trying? Who are you trying uh, to impersonate there? Harry Styles. Remember? <laughs> Do you not remember that interview? Oh no, yeah. What I like most about this movie is that it's like it's a movie. Do you understand what I'm saying? That man lost how many acting jobs because of Don't Worry Darling. Uh, no, but in particular, um, so Fastbender's character goes through an arc, but the issue is I don't feel like the arc is properly done. It just feels like one of those arcs where you jump to the end of it. You don't really see the full arc of his character change. You guys see the beginnings of it, and he jumps to the end of the arc. That's one of the biggest issues I had with the movie. Um, and I think that's what makes it get dinged a little bit by me and James and everyone else. I liked it a little bit more than James because some of the laughs were really good. Um, the humor was actually properly utilized. Taika, Taika humor done well is really good. And I feel like this movie did that well. So I give it a 7 out of 10. Um, I don't know. Anything you want to ask me about that movie? If you're curious, if not, we can move on. Uh, yeah. Well, not about that movie, but about Taika. Do you think he peaked at Jojo Rabbit? He won an Oscar. I think you can arguably say. You can arguably say. Do you think we're going to get anything of that quality from Taika? I think Taika Waititi's become a little bit arrogant over the years. Kind of like what happened to M. Night Shyamalan, unfortunately, back in the 90s when he made a couple really good movies. Shyamalan never won an Oscar, but Shyamalan got the critical acclaim, got called the next Spielberg, uh, I think, by time. Um, But I think that's kind of what's happened with Taika. Taika's gotten a little full of himself, uh, thinks he can do no wrong. And I think that has caused him to just think he can put anything out and everyone's going to love it. Um, and I think because of that, unless he finds his humble center again from where he came from, no, I, I think he did peak with Jojo. Jesus, I'm hoping he pulled the Shabby. Shabby Lord! Shabby Lord! <laughs> he technically has a Star Wars movie in development. I don't know if that will still happen. Yeah, um, so did the Game of Thrones guys. And everyone's had a Star Wars movie. Kevin Feige had a Star Wars movie at one point. Dude, uh, Gandhi had a Star Wars movie <laughs> until they found out that he was dead. No! <laughs> oh my god, that was way tamer than I thought it was gonna be. Like, what I, I, think I, I was gonna look. Oh, that, yeah, that aspect of Gandhi. Yeah, yeah I thought you were gonna. Yeah. Anyways, no, I don't want. Uh, our, move it, I don't want to move it on. Indian audience, because that they're probably the only ones we have. <laughs> Wait, why? Just putting it on as background noise. Moving on. Next. Uh, Next movie I saw, I just realized uh, after pausing it the last time after Jonathan's last offensive joke that I edited it out. Um, <laughs> I realized I that, it'll keep it in. <laughs> um, I just realized that most of these movies I'm going to talk about, he has not seen. So we're going to run through. Yeah, we're going to run that. through everything I've seen, and then there's a couple he has seen, and we'll talk about those at the end. I'm I'm a little upset that I haven't been to the theaters more. I've just been I've been just in a really rough place where I'm like, I need You're to get work fine, done, bro. No, but I'm yeah. like, I need to get work done. I can't go to the movie theaters, but then I just sit there and do nothing, and I'm just like, oh my god, like I got to do something, but I can't do anything, and I can't go to the movies because that's a waste of time. So I'm gonna be catching up on everything, and next time I'm gonna be able to talk about my Godzilla minus one. I promise. And maybe I'll be go. able to throw uh, a, an opinion or two into the movie that I'm guessing Ruben's going to talk about next, which is the one I'm planning on watching today. Uh, the Holdovers. Oh, oh I was going to... Let me... Ah, I was about to talk about American fiction, actually. Which is... Oh, there's another, that, is that also out? 
No, it's not. So that was another Regal's uh, Regal and AMC both sc- secret screen the same movies, Jonathan. The secret oh. screening I went on Monday with James was American oh, Fiction. Oh, I still gotta watch Priscilla too. Maybe I watch that today. Shit. Watch Holdovers, Jonathan. That's one of the top five movies of the year, and I will okay. give I'm my review on that in a second. Holdovers. I'm gonna watch Priscilla. I'm gonna watch Napoleon. <laughs> Don't watch Napoleon. I'm, I, I'm curious. How okay, so it? it's almost three hours. Are you kidding me? It's like two hours 40. Um, so American Fiction stars Jeffrey Wright um, in the lead role, which was really nice to see because he doesn't have many lead roles. Hopefully this is going to get him an Oscar nomination because I think he deserves it. It's about this uh, author who has a writing career that has basically stalled because he sells no books because no one's uh, interested in them because they only want to hear black stories from a black author. Um, so basically what he does is he writes this really, really stereotypical book that has a bunch of stereotypes in it, um, about black people as a gag. And he sends it to his, uh, to his agent and he says, send this out. I want them to know, uh, I want to expose them all to what they're doing by basically, uh, sending you this gag book just showing you like how ridiculous this all is he sells the book and then the rest of the movie is basically involving him having to fake being this person he wrote about um (laughs) having to pretend to be uh this stereotypical uh criminal who uh who wrote the book and it's just making fun of um how hollywood treats black stories how the publishing world treats black stories um, I think it's good satire. I just wish it would have cut a little deeper. And I feel like there's a lot more you could have done with the concept. Uh, there's a lot more scathing criticism you could have made about how everyone is only interested on the stereotypical level yeah. uh, on all these diverse uh, stories. Again, you could have made made that deeper. That yep. That goes back to something we were talking about last. last it, well, it does. Again, it does. five minutes ago for us. But like the entire like messaging thing, it, it's it's the most surface level, easy. I don't have to do any research type of shit possible. Like you don't have to even try. It's fucking. Oh yeah, Jeffrey Wright is outstanding in this movie. Everyone should watch it just because of his performance. What movie um, is he not outstanding in? Is my question. Like I know, good. but I this is like this is probably one of his best performances. It's just because it's he's in a lead role. Um, it just basically this character who's dealing with a lot of stuff in his personal life and now this is coming to his professional life and how that clashing of emotions just causes him to eventually completely explode um and like sabotage everything in his life like really well done uh performance by uh jeffrey hopefully he gets nominated i don't think he would win but i think he deserves a nomination for this role um when this comes to theaters on december 15th uh make sure to go watch it um i give it four no sorry eight eight out of ten i i was i was reading my letterbox review i was four out of five eight out of ten eight out of ten i give this movie that has been praising this entire time a four out of ten because regardless of what it may seem that i'm saying i hate black stories i hate oh my god i was using a five-point scale okay all right so Jesus! Over here. They made the mermaid black. <laughs> okay, really good, really great movie. Highly recommended by me. Um, yeah, make sure to go see it uh, as the holidays come. Another movie you should watch as the holidays come, and probably even more so, uh, the holdovers. Um, 
made by Nebraska native Alexander Payne, or used to be Nebraska native. I don't know. I don't think he lives here anymore. Um, hometown boy, Alexander Payne. There we go. That, that That's better. He actually went to our high school in the 80s. Fun fact. Creighton Prep. Yeah. And he shut down our high school for a day just to film Matt Damon walking outside of it. Yeah. And then so, they filmed uh, the inside on, on a soundstage. On I think sound it was Matt stage. Damon, Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig. Yeah. This shows and you how never, much work goes into a movie. They had never, to shut. We, yeah. We never got to meet Matt, Matt Damon either. He did. You know, he shut our school down for, for a day, but he didn't like have it a little assembly where Matt walked up and was like, ah, you know, none of that. No. Uh, <laughs> that would have been nice. That would have been I'm nice. Upset. I'm actually upset. But Damon's like, why would I go see a bunch of high schoolers? Is what he was probably thinking. Because we're the ones putting money in your pocket, Damon. Oh, damn. Now they were putting money in the school's pocket, and then they probably increased tuition anyway. Today anyway. would be today would be the last day to watch next goal wins. Also, should I should I watch that or should, yeah? I'll just wait for home release. I, I feel like I, I think I think uh, next goal wins is when you can watch at home. I'd say okay. when it comes I on. I need to use this Regal Unlimited anyway. Continue. I'm sorry. I just, this sounds like an ad for Regal Unlimited right now. Every couple minutes that you're interrupting well, me. Well, yeah, it's just that I'm upset because I've been paying twenty three dollars a month, which is an excellent price if you watch two movies every month because you make your money back. But I haven't been watching two <laughs> movies every month, so I've been losing money. So in order to take advantage of this wonderful deal, I have to watch more <laughs> movies. Plus, I got free popcorn after my fifth movie. So now, I <laughs> wait, is that actually true? That's not true. But I oh, okay. God damn. I was going to say that deals. But they do give you points with every movie that you watch that you could then use to, to buy concessions. <laughs> uh, wow, that was an ad. That was a true that was an ad read. That was that was a that was a preview for the day. If we ever get sponsors, guys, um, Regal, please give me money. Please. Okay. So why don't you tell us about the holdovers? Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is going off the rails so quick. So the holdovers by Alexander Bain. Um, it is stars Paul Giamatti. He's basically playing this instructor um, at a New England prep school all boys prep school, I should add, who is forced to remain on campus uh, during Christmas because basically every year the professors rotate who stays on campus um, with the students and that can't go home because they don't have anywhere to go to. And this year is his turn. Um, and it is basically a slice of life movie around the holidays, exploring all these, like, all these characters' lives, um, the intricacies, the good and the bad. Um, it's not like a it's not like a movie where everything gets resolved. It's a movie that like peeks into people when they're in difficult places in their lives and how they find comfort with each other. Um, it's a really good holiday movie. Um, I think it might end up being a holiday classic. I think it has that potential. Just hearing everyone talk about it as well, and I kind of agree with the consensus there because um, it really does focus around the Christmas holiday. I think even Alexander Payne has come around on that because I remember at the beginning he was like uh lambasting the fact that it was a holiday movie but as more more people have kind of embraced that I feel like he's embraced that as well um yeah because but, he can't afford another flop after after the movie that he shut down our school to film uh <laughs> downsizing this is his first movie in six years I will I, I mean this is 
an outstanding motion picture. I mean, it's shot really exceptionally well. Paul Giamatti does a great job. The kid, the main kid, I want to get his name right, Dominic uh, Sessa, apparently. Because I went to a Q&A Alexander Payne did in Omaha because he came to visit the city when the movie released. Just, yeah, because, uh, I mean, it's a city. He, he's from here and he wants to go around giving people that experience. So I, I listened to some of his question and answers. This kid, apparently, completely unknown, had never filmed television or movies before. He'd only done... Um, stage performances at his uh, college. And basically after a bunch of people had auditioned, um, uh, Alexander Payne asked this prep school that they were going to film at if they had any actors at it that would be willing to audition. And they did get some auditions and this kid auditioned and he got the part. Uh, So first time performance, as you're watching that, your mind is going to be blown because this kid is absolutely incredible in this movie. Some and the rest, got it, man. Some people got it, yeah. And then, like the rest of the cast, a uh, particular uh, Devine Joy Randolph, who has a supporting uh, role in this, she does a really good job as well. Um, no, it's it's basically those three characters are the main characters uh, you're following, and it's basically just going through the Christmas holiday uh, weeks and basically just you know just showing where they are in life, um, where they could end up uh, if they could grow from this experience. And like the movie just makes you feel warm inside. I, I guess that's the thing I said in my review on Letterboxd about it. It's like a warm hug in movie form. Mm-hmm. Like you'll be smiling, you'll cry, obviously, at some points. Um, but it, it's just like the perfect quintessential. It's bittersweet. That's the perfect one. It's a bittersweet movie. And it's what, life. What, <laughs> it's life. It's life. Alexander Payne really gets that when it's one done well. Like it's just it's just a slice of life. Like life is hard. Life is complicated. Life isn't easy. Um no one who's cranky ended up that way by accident. You know, there's events in their lives that led to that moment. Except and as me. you find as you find out more about Paul Giamatti's character in the movie, I mean clearly you find out why he ended up the way he is and i mean he it's shot like a 1980s no nine not 80, is it an 80s no hold on hold on i don't want to get this wrong it's shot in an old film style i think it's the 80s if i'm not mistaken but he you literally used like a filter um he wouldn't use mic packs like modern movies does he only used like boom mics so the sound sounds like an old school movie like it really feels like an old school movie it feels like a movie from the 80s that you're watching today um really well done Uh, i don't want to give any more away um because it's kind of hard to talk about this movie in the sense that it's not really like a central plot it's more like these characters going through these couple of weeks um and you just like learn more about them as you're seeing them go through this experience um but you know highly recommended by me it's a 10 out of 10 movie um for me 100 if if you only watch one of the movies on this podcast today watch the holdovers if you only have money for one movie uh watch the holdovers is what i no, say no no i disagree strongly you disagree strongly if you only have money for one movie there's only one movie to see ruben what horror 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 five nights at freddy's okay fucked it was okay. not a good movie. <laughs> and just to wrap up the whole overs uh, point, it was filmed in a 1970s style, is what I meant. Gotcha. To say. So okay. Godfather. <laughs>
kind of. Oh but yeah, God. highly recommended. Okay, Fuck let's get. He had a horse. No, no, he does not. Okay, so the FNAF movie. Um, I am not familiar with the FNAF lore. Uh, on on hand, but we have a FNAF expert in JQ here, um, uh, who can inform us about how not, accurate this movie was no, to the no FNAF longer, lore. No longer that good of an expert though, because it's been a while since I've seen a game theory video. Uh, for the FNAF thing, and the lore changes constantly. Uh, but you know what? Regardless of lore accuracy, the movie's not good. <laughs> movie's dumb fun, in my the opinion. Movie, it, it, if you if you get yourself a friend, uh, who who knows a little, who who has grown up with FNAF or whatnot, you are gonna enjoy the hell out of this movie. It's gonna be so fun. Uh, but do go with knowing that it's not gonna be a good movie. <laughs> It is, uh, it is it is horrendously mid, you know. I mean, like, it's it's uh it's a mixed bag. My favorite scene was when Matt Pat showed up and he and he told me that that eating lunch that that lunch was that lunch beat. He told me uh, he told me that, <laughs> he told me that he <laughs> told me that eating breakfast. Uh, that breakfast being the most important meal of the day was just a theory, and my entire theater erupted in 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 in, in claps. Except that that's a lie because I was in an empty theater with my friend Megan watching this movie. So did the and entire we, theater erupt in claps? Yes, we both were like, yeah. <laughs> we were uh, shooting the shit that entire movie. That's got to be one of my favorite movie theater experiences in the last year. We why could you just talk the entire time? We were time? just talking shit. We were just like, oh my God, this is so not, this is so bad. Like, this is like, every line is exposition. Every line is an explanation for something. And it's so annoying. It's semi-lore accurate. Like, it's not even that lore accurate. It, it, they grasp onto the pieces of the lore that they think is going to work for a movie, and then they go with that. It's I, thought, even... I thought it was a fun movie. Uh, the production design is really well done. The animatronics oh. are really great. Because it's the Henson uh, Company. Obviously, the animatronics. Henson's, are... yeah. Yeah. The acting wasn't terrible. The script is the issue here. The script is the... <laughs> there was a moment at the very beginning where I was like, okay, wait a minute. No, I think this thing has a very interesting method of storytelling with the dream sequence like showing oh yeah uh, like yeah because i thought that was gonna be like oh this is gonna be a one-time thing and then they kept doing it they kept showing what happened and then they had a scene of josh hutchinson explaining to another character what he saw in his dream something that the audience had already seen three freaking times <laughs> and at that point i'm like who's writing it this is the first chat gbt movie isn't it this is it <laughs> No, it was it was annoyed. It wasn't good, uh, but you know what? Great time in the theaters. Great time in the theaters. Oh God! Now I have to uh, I have to vamp because Ruben's doing something. Uh, so there once was a. a oh, dog. sorry. No, nope. You don't have to vamp to stop. Damn it! That was a um, great story. It wasn't. Uh, look, okay, but like the best actor in the movie is Matthew Lillard. He's barely in it, unfortunately. Yeah, um, that also what a waste of great casting. Also, I mean, like, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little on the uh, on the fence about it because William Afton is supposed to be British, uh, mm-hmm. but you know what? I make a path for Matthew. I make a path, a path. I make a pass for Matthew because he really did well in that movie. 
But like, uh, dude, the, like there's like the, like the story goes nowhere. It just meanders. The animatronics have like nothing to do. The cupcake has more kills and more action than any of the other animatronics, and it's annoying. I get that the animatronics are kids. The fort building scene that everyone complains about did not bother me. I get it; they're kids. But for God's yeah. sake, if you're gonna establish them as a threat at the beginning, then keep them as threats. If you're gonna establish them as kids from the beginning, then keep them as kids. You can't keep having it both ways. Like you keep flip flopping, and it's different things. And it's like, look, this movie does. This movie's entertaining, but it's not good. <laughs> I think it's entertaining in a so bad is good kind of way. Um, because I got a kick out of like some of the campy moments in the movie, especially like the aunt who's evil who has like ten minutes of screen time. And they killed her Hilarious. off screen. The the fact that the drawings, um are an important plot point as well. Got a good kick out of me. Uh, the animatronics uh, acting all mopey uh, sometimes also got me all in my feels. I was like laughing. I was laughing more than I was scared in this movie. Yeah, no, my friend um, Megan and I did not scream or get scared once. No, that's a lie. One thing did scare me. The first time they showed Balloon Boy, because I was halfway through a sentence with Megan. And then like, there's just a sudden like, Dong! and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> From the jump scare. Oh, no, you got jump scared, Jake. Yeah, I got jump scared, and I was just like, I cannot believe the FNAF movie successfully jump scared me. There's so many jump scares, bro, in the movie. None of them are good. They're all bad. It's a modern horror movie. Listen, there are are decent jump scares in some of the... There's a... Like, I mean, like, jump scares can at least usually, like, like, get something out of you, you know? Like, get, like, elicit a reaction. Except with the exception of one of them, none of them exhibit. Like with the exception of one, none of them exhibit. Like got an. I can't speak English. None of them got a reaction out of me. I I, I want to see a transcript of this episode so far, because I think I have just been have I've been having like a severe mental just meltdown during the entirety of this. You're fine. Yep. Movies taking it out of me. Also, the fact that we've been recording for the last hour. Two hours, almost. No, two hours. Taking it out of you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so I give the FNAF. I think the FNAF movie is dumb fun. Don't pay in the theater. I I watched it on Peacock. Uh, I watched it with. uh, Oh, guess what? I watched it with Ruben. With your friend. With my Regal Unlimited Pass. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I give it a six out of ten. For the FNAF movie. How much did I give it? Let me double check. Because I don't think it was high. No, it was not. I can't even tell you. Oh, here we go. I gave it a three. (laughs) Yeah, you hated this thing. Look, I'm not saying it's good either, but I I did his job. It entertained me. And now it is Blumhouse's highest grossing movie. And we're probably going to get 20 Five Nights at Freddy's sequels over the next 20 years. So be ready, everyone. Be ready. This is new horror franchise. New horror franchise. Hey, but you know what? I'm really excited for the sequel to Napoleon. We're not going to talk about it. No, no, I'm I'm, going to I'm going to round out the podcast just by telling you all the plot of Napoleon. What about Killers of the Flower Moon? I said after I'm going to run out, run out the podcast. That's at the end. We're going to talk about Killers of the Flower Moon first. Uh, You don't let me finish. You don't let me finish my sentences, JQ. I'm Let sorry. me finish my sentences. Let's okay, they have, I, I'm probably gonna have to go to a later show time. Let's see. Okay, oh, so yeah, killers. There's one at three fifteen. I'm fine. I love how you're doing this on the podcast. It's hilarious. Um, but killers, 
Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, do it live. We do it live. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, I think. Um, one of the best movies of the year, but I didn't love it as much as everyone else is loving also, it. what a hard left to go from animatronic movie to native genocide movie. <laughs> yeah. What a, yeah. Wow, we keep the tone. We, 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 we keep so the cone consistent. So yeah. good at segueing. <laughs> Uh, it's Martin Scorsese's latest movie. It's about um, the Osage uh, murders on the Indian reservation in Oklahoma in the 1920s. Um, eventually, the FBI investigated them. Um, it basically it follows the uh, the killers um, of this and uh, of yeah, I mean literally the people who were like perpetrated these murders. And I get, I I mean, I get. The, the partial criticism that people have made is also the one I have, but at the same time, I get why the movie was like this. It focused a little more on the killers than I would have liked and less on the native people, but I get that that's what Martin Scorsese is apt to do because he can't really make a native perspective movie. He's not a Native American himself. Yeah, and the book is more even... The book is from the FBI's perspective, so they already changed a lot in this movie. Like, to give them all fairness in the world it's yeah. really well made um but that's my one little criticism but i can't criticize the movie that's like an outside force i can't the movie itself is a really well-made movie i just wish it would have focused more on that perspective but that's not the fault of anyone involved in this film yeah this is but that's why i ding the movie a little bit this is the most respectful way that that uh, that Scorsese could have made this film, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. percent. Like, I'm not he was yeah. trying to do it from a native perspective. Yeah, no, nah, I would like, not nah, not work. Would not have worked as well. But in this way, he gets as close to the native viewpoint as possible without completely entering it. I think that's the genius of it. Is that you have and I uh, for, first of all, let me just get it out of the way. This movie is a a ten out of ten for me. One of the easiest yeah. ones I've given. Yeah, yeah, you liked it more than me, but like, I, yeah, you I go for absolutely, it. Absolutely, it yeah, it impacted me. Like again, this is why it's so weird for me to go to FNAF to this because I could talk shit about FNAF for days and shoot the shit about it. But this movie is just so important. I think this is the type of art that should be being made. In my opinion, that was one of the things I said in my letterbox review. I'm like, this movie is devastating. I don't think if I don't know if I can watch it again, just because like, you know, I don't know. I, I can watch it again, like at a point, like at some point, but I can't like right now because it's just yeah. a lot. It's I a can't lot either. It's a rough watch. It's, it's a, a rough, rough watch. It's a rough watch. Not like on a violent, not from like a violent standpoint. I mean, a little. I mean, there is some. I I think there is some violence. I mean, the, the no, scene there's again... violence in it, but for me, it's more like stomaching the reason behind the violence like, yeah you know, i think we like we've become really numb to like action movies with like high body counts or whatnot but that's like you know those deaths are all for like the good the greater good quote unquote or whatnot uh but there's just something about seeing it like humanity and mortality grounded in this way that just really hurts and it's also really focusing on like one of the most disenfranchised groups in America, uh, the Native Americans, and like how it's so easy to take advantage of, uh, so easy to take advantage of, of, of people that you uh, that you oppress. You know, these are people who uh, these are people who are already rich. You know, these characters that we're focusing on, they're already wealthy. They yeah. just want more. They want more and more. Is this movie is like. Again, I think uh, uh, another entry into Leonardo DiCaprio's unofficial greed trilogy. 
I think this is a perfect entry for that. Cause it, again, it's just, what are you willing to do to get more money? And for what, like the, uh, the amount, like, it's just, it's a horrific experience. You know, it's a devastating experience, but it's so well done. It's well shot. It's well acted. You don't feel the three hour length, honestly, for me, I, I didn't, for me, I didn't, it was, it kept me engaged. I was freaking I, I was just in horror and in shock. I was at the verge of tears for most of this movie because I was just like, how, like, how is this real? Like, how is this real? Like, they're just, like, like these people had nothing and now they have a chance. Like, they, they, they struck, literally, they struck oil. <laughs> literally, they, str they struck oil and they have a chance to turn their lives around. And immediately, like, just because, like, they're native and this happened to them, they're getting attacked and people are like, trying to marry into these families and even going as far as like the main point of this movie is that they're killing members of these families after joining them so that the inheritance goes directly to them and you know this this movie asks a lot of questions uh, questions about like like I, 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 to me, like I, this is a horrible comparison, but I, I like to think oh, about the back of Notre Dame on this one, like Disney's version of it. It's dumb. It could have been, been so much better. First of all, second of all, um, the entire question of like who is the monster and who's the man, who's the savage, and who's the who's the human here. You know, people keep the uh, one thing I'll give Scorsese props for is that he shows native rituals like front, like upfront and personal. Like maybe he, he doesn't have he doesn't have like the authority to be like okay so this is how, exactly how these words. But he did have people. conversations with like members of the Osage tribe in real yeah, life. So he was like he did his research. Portray. He underpresented. Yeah. You see these things and it's like oh like oh they have like two names or whatnot and it's it's a lot of these things that are very different from uh, like a European perspective. Things that force people to like view to force like like uh, people of the higher class to view these people as savages for some reason, but then. Like you have that juxtaposed with these same people of the upper class, like just committing heinous acts just to get their hands on more money. Uh, I don't know. A line that I really wish they would have used, like the way that they used in the trailer, was like, "How many wolves do you see in this picture?" They only used it once in the movie, but I that is such a great line because I feel like it really boils the movie down. It's like all these people around you that seem to want to help you because Robert De Niro's character at first seems like this very positive, like, oh, I love these people. I'd do anything for them. And slowly, like it, within like the first 40 minutes to an hour of the movie, you see that that's not him at all, you know? Yeah. And it's just this entire question of like, okay, so like, yeah, who can you trust and who can't you trust? You're getting murdered from the inside and for what? For oil, is it worth it? Like, why any of this? You know, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just such a difficult movie to watch because there's really no, there's no happy ending. There's no happy ending. There's not. It, it's not a. It's not exactly a, a bad ending either. But life just kind of keeps going. Yeah. You know? It's kind of the. It's an indifferent ending. It, it's the. It, it's the, the fact of the world that this kind of thing, this kind of stuff, is just ignored. It's glossed over. There's not, not full justice. It's not even talked about in history classes. No. Like the guy, the main dude responsible should have rotted in prison, but he got out like after a few years. I'm yeah, thinking. he got he got he died in comfort, is yeah, what happened. That here. man should have died in 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 the in the coldest, most hostile environment possible, but he died surrounded by family. 
and, and like and like the, the the Leo's character, you know. I mean, yeah, he's a drunkard, but he dies with his with his brother. Like he's a free dude, technically. Yeah. The natives don't don't get like an ounce of justice, and then when uh, uh the the main native character. Oh, by the way, we need we need to mention her name. My Lily God. Gladstone. Lily uh, Gladstone. She's, she's gonna be front front runner for sure this year. Um, no, she she gives the best performance in the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. I followed- just wish. I know it wouldn't have followed real life. I wish she was in it more. That, yeah. Like she falls out of the movie in the second half, and I was a little upset about that. So like she was like it the. It made sense, though, but she it, made sense. A, it made she sense. It made sense. It made a powerful presence. She her presence was in that movie throughout the entire thing. She's like a pivot. She's the pivot point. She's the pivot point <laughs> of the movie. So it's like she's still very important, and she gets second billing. She's above De Niro, I think. On the billing. I mean, yeah, De Niro's truly a supporting role. Um, but. Yeah, the movie's really well made. The the entire ensemble's great. Even the people who have bit parts, Brendan Fraser, the, uh comes in for like three minutes and he injects a different kind of energy into the movie that wasn't there before. Yeah. Is what I've told everyone that asked me. Um, yeah, no, he, he, it, it's a different performance, uh, but it, it really fits that point in the movie. Um, a performative forget, attorney, and, and let's yeah. not forget Jesse Plemons killing every single goddamn role he's in. I didn't know he was in this movie, so as soon as he no. showed up. As soon as he showed up at screen, I was like, "Oh, this is about to get good, good." I was like, "My God!" Like, it was no, Jesse Plemons is amazing. Um, yeah. Breaking really- Bad origins, but he has become a force for character acting in Hollywood. Yeah, he just got—he's got a look in his eye, I think, and like the things that I've seen him in, which is this, and then I, I'm thinking of ending things. He has this look in his eye that, like, it's always like he looks like he—he he knows more than he lets on at any given moment, which makes him yeah. really good for characters like this, like 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 investigators or detectives. Like he he he's very because he's very he can be very outwardly friendly, but there's just something about something about the eyes. Like, you know, this this dude is methodical. Like he's planning something. Like he he's got you cornered and you just don't know it. But it works so well. You're cheering them this is you're cheering the man on in this movie, honestly, because of like everything that's going on. But like God, I don't know. This it's just it's such an extensive movie. Like the real takeaway here is just amazing performances. I think an amazing look into a, a moment in history that should be explored more. And I think the thing that I, I have to point out here, especially especially to round off our our ta- our conversation from last week, this is a type of movies that have to be made. This is a powerful medium, and it can be entertainment. Not every movie has to be like this, but movies like this use have real to be made. sets. Yeah. Real sets, real sets, uh, skilled cinematography, all that shit that used Reality, to be like his, history. Don't just film everything in front of the green screens. It's yeah. what there's or, char- there's ca- it's a character study. You're evaluating human the human condition. You're evaluating the darkness that is within humanity. There is a horrible freaking darkness in humanity, and I feel like people want to turn a blind eye to that. That's why you go to the movies for for escape. But you know. It, it, movies should provide escape movies should provide entertainment but movies like this are also infinitely important and they have to keep being made like i i feel like i walked out of this movie and i finally understood martin's point against the mcu i'm like yeah those are roller coaster movies it doesn't mean they're bad they're roller coaster movies though they're 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 events you know this is a movie this is like what a movie can be like MCU movies are perfectly fine. They're great. I get, I enjoy the hell out of them, but we yeah. need stuff like this. This stuff is very important. Like, 
you know, it, it, it's this this movie will have a bigger impact, I think, on this on the human psyche than something like Avatar Way of Water. You know, it's a lot more grounded and it has a lot more to do like on a person to person basis. It's something you can connect to directly and understand like. And now let's review the Marvel. I'm kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but um, yeah, no, no. Really, really eloquent points there, JQ. Unfortunate the movie did not do as well financially at the box office, but hopefully Apple will still invest in these types of movies, even if it's just for the awards prestige. I I think this thing's gonna gonna at least like this thing's gonna sweep nominations. I don't know how many it's gonna win, but it's Oppenheimer's gonna sweep the award season. I am calling that now. I don't think anyone's beating with wins. I don't think anyone's beating Lily Gladstone. No, no, hell no. Oppenheimer didn't even have. Sorry, Emily Blunt. Sorry, Emily. But Oppenheimer doesn't even have a lead actress, technically. Like, oh yeah, she's uh, a yeah. lead actress in that movie. Yeah, that's yeah, no, she's running as a lead actress. I think her comp- uh, competition, from everything I've read, I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, is going to be uh, Emma Stone and Poor Things is the one that everyone oh, keeps bringing is up. That, is that going into theaters? I don't think that's, that's coming movie. next week as well. I think um, that's Yorgos's new movie. Um, nice. I'm gonna have to. I need to watch Yorgos's other movies too. Like, have you watched any of them? I've seen the favorite, but I haven't watched the lobster. Okay. Or what was the other one he made? Uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, right? Is I did it? not watch that one. I hear that one's really good. But also, I've seen all of those. Um, I think, heard, I think that uh, Killing of the Sacred Deer is think is my favorite out of all of them. I've heard that's a tough um, watch. Uh, it is a tough watch, yeah. but uh, but I love Barry Keoghan, man. I I need to see them. I, uh, he's also in theaters right now too in the different movie that's getting some awards about Saltburn. Um, Salt, what the hell? I need to start. You know what? But, uh, anyway, <laughs> I think Oppenheimer Oppenheimer's going to win most of the Oscars this year, if I'm not mistaken. You don't think Wonka's going to take any? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Although, the first reactions from Wonka came out, and they were apparently good. Maybe maybe the trailer did not paint a good picture of that movie. I, I, te- I, to- I was telling everyone. I told everyone. I think it's a miscast, first of all. But second of all, I think it could still be. I think it could still be decent. It's the guy. It's the guy who did the first two Paddington movies. Exactly. So I, 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 I was always going to have a tinge of faith. Um. Anyway, to wrap up this podcast, I'm going to uh, give my brief thoughts on Napoleon, which I watched yesterday, also by Apple. Jesus Christ, Ridley Scott, so goddamn bad. Um. The movie's weird as hell. I'm just gonna read this text I sent to uh my brothers and James afterwards. Um, real quick, should I watch it? Even if it because I, I can watch it technically for free, quote unquote. In your case, yes. In the audience case, hell no. Save your money. Watch it on Apple. Um, the first act is Napoleon as an established general. Um, it feels like the third act of a different biopic, and it ends with him taking the throne of France, which feels like a technical ending to a film. Um, second act, it is basically Napoleon just effing around his uh, his castle with his uh, new wife, Josephine, um, literally and figuratively. Um, <laughs> and it becomes a, a, a weird comedy movie um, with inadvertent laughs. I don't think all the laughs were intentional. Some of them were where he's trying to get his wife pregnant because he wants a male heir. And like, there's just scenes where he's just like, like make, he, there's a scene where he acts like a horse and he just walks through the room and starts like neighing and like tapping his foot while, um, on some of uh, some of uh, his wife's what word would they be like housekeepers are in there 
concubine. I don't even know what the hell you call him. I, I just trying to encourage them to leave, and then he just has his way with her. Uh, yeah, he does. He does. Like literally. No, that, that's historically accurate. This man was a little freak. I'm like, he was. Wait, have you not seen that? No, no. Have you not seen that letter that's been making the rounds on, like on meme pages? They read some of the letters in the movie. I don't know if any of those letters were actual Napoleon there was letters. An actual letter. There was an actual letter where you said, where you said, I will be back from the battle in three days. Do not bathe. This was to his wife. He wanted to taste her day, bro. He wanted to get you. <laughs> No, but like there's weird shit. There's a scene. How old are you? <laughs> there's a scene where Napoleon realizes his wife can't get pregnant, so he starts throwing food at her in front of a dinner with other guests. There's he's a scene where they crawl. Say there's a scene where he crawls under the table to have sex with his wife, and she follows him down there. And you see their silhouettes. Um, this movie's weird as shit, man. This is all the second act. Eventually, like he he has a kid. He has a bastard child that he divorces his wife. Then he marries a 15-year-old and has a kid. Oh, he brings no. the kid to his wife to gloat, kind of. Almost. Like, ha, ah, look at what I got. Look, I have a kid. I just imagine <laughs> that scene from Ice Age where she is like dancing with the melon and then he throws it on the ground. <laughs> after the scene where you after the scene where he shows off the baby, you never hear or have his kids mentioned again in the movie. That's the issue. It completely vanishes. No, then, 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 then he goes into Russia, takes those bastards down. Um, but then he keeps going and loses his entire army in the winter. So then they yep. banish him to an island. Then, then homeboy comes back and tries to retake France. Then the English own his ass, send him to another island, and then he dies. That's the rest of the movie. <laughs> This sounds like a spectacular movie. I don't know what you're talking about. This sounds like a fucked up Ridley Scott movie. This is Exodus Gods and Kings level, yeah, man. Is, is Ridley okay? Like, is he all right? Like, what is he? What the is last he duel with? was great. I don't even know, man. He's so inconsistent. It's hilarious. Like, he'll, he'll make a masterpiece, and then he'll make something like this. They yeah, all have Exodus. they all have tremendous Exodus Gods and Kings. I will say this about a Ridley Scott movie. They all always look great. Like, Jesus, the man knows how to film scale oh, yeah. at an incredible yeah. level. Oh, but yeah, no, Jesus Christ. Gods and Kings looks spectacular. You wouldn't know that it is a sparkling piece of shit if you didn't watch the movie. <laughs> like, you would have no clue. If you were to just see clips of that on, like, a Film Bros, like, Instagram page, you'd be like, oh, my God, I need to watch this movie. And then you'll watch it, and it's just freaking, what, what's his name? Something Edgerton? What's his name? Joel Edgerton. It's just Joel Edgerton being like, let's see who's better at killing you or me. Oh, br- inspired dialogue. Inspired dialogue from Ramsey II. <laughs> but don't worry, JQ. Apparently there's a four hours director's cut of Napoleon coming that will fix all the problems. I've heard, Peter, my friend Peter, my good friend Peter. Peter, I don't know if you listen to this, but if you do, shout out. I saw his letterbox review and he's like, he gave it a two and a half. But he was like, eh, maybe the four-hour version will be better. And I was like, they did not make a four-hour version of this. Although, although Ridley Scott's the only one who's mentioned the four-hour version. There was a producer at Apple who was like, uh, yeah, we haven't actually agreed to make that yet. <laughs> so there might not be a director's cut, baby. So this movie might just be shit and there won't be any respite. Um, I will never watch this again. I will, hell no, I'm not spending four hours of my life watching it because there's no effing way 
that this man actually made a good Napoleon movie that got cut to shit. There's no way. No way. Now we have only three battle scenes in the movie. It would have just been more of Napoleon prancing around uh, with his wife trying to get her pregnant in the second act. There's probably like ten more scenes of that in the movie. Quick question. Yeah. <laughs> Was Joaquin at least good? In spurts. You got some M. Night Shyamalan level Joaquin in some of these scenes just because no. of the writing. Just because no. of the writing, bro. <laughs> just because of the writing. Yeah, I don't blame him at all. Those, he's good in those M. Night movies. I will not. Yeah, but it. it's like the, the dialogue in this thing is so god that you, you are inadvertently laughing. There's a scene where he's about to take the throne. That's one of the funniest scenes I've seen all year. And it was so unintentional. He's, he's in the parliament. And they're all yelling at him. And then he comes up and says, everyone calm down. And then they, they drag him down from the stage. And they just start having a fist fight. And then it's this shot of that's slowly pulling back of him running away from the parliamentaries towards the door. And it's like, and he falls down the stairs and everything. It's like, it, I was laughing. And I'm like, was this intentionally funny? Or is this like an accidentally funny scene? No, no, Ruben. You know, I, I, you're trying to like, you're trying to like dissuade me from watching this. But everything you've said so far is making this a must watch next week. Whatever. You're a loss, man. Four out of 10 for that one. <laughs> for me. They put, they, put a, they put a cool little song from the 70s in the trailer. No, what's the name of that song? It's from Black Sabbath, isn't it? I no, think it is. It's not by Black Sabbath. I don't sure. remember. I, I it's been a while since I've seen the trailer. But anyway, Jonathan will. Um, I will ask Jonathan to give his thoughts on the next episode on what he thinks in Napoleon because oh, yeah, apparently I was right. War pigs by uh, War pigs by uh, Black Sabbath. Because apparently he's gonna watch it. Um, I'm 100 percent getting your thoughts on this next episode. By the way, but that will do it for this episode of Pop <laughs> oh, Culture Quintessentials with Cubed. Uh, probably squared. We're squared. Yeah. Uh, Tune in next week for hopefully getting Jacob out of the sinkhole. Uh, he's probably taking finals, so it might be shit. So yeah, Don't we shall see. For a while, we might Don't be squared for one more episode. But uh, peace out, guys. I don't know why I did a thumbs up. This is a uh, audio medium. I'm doing peace signs too, and now I'm flipping you off because I hate all of you. We hate our audience. We hate our. <laughs> all right, bye, guys. Bye.